You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is a safe place, a place where we can feel free sharing our feelings. Think of my office as a nest and a tree of trust and understanding. We can say anything. Anything. This is Dirt and Sprague. Deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly you get married and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel different. With Andy Dirt Johnson. I happened to look over at a certain point during the meal and see a, a waitress taking an order. And, uh, and I found myself wondering uh, what color her underpants might be. Her panties. And Brendan Sprague. Odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants but I, I started to think maybe they're silk panties maybe maybe it's maybe it's a thong maybe it's something really cool that i don't even know about you know dirt and spray gone 1080 what what i thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest are we not the fan all right welcome back in hour number two running a little behind here today but really liked uh wanted to dive into kyle shanahan a little bit we have a uh, matt mayoko We'll talk a couple things, 49ers with him coming up at 7.30 today. We'll go around. Is Patrick Mahomes, what he's feeling like? He played yesterday. He practiced yesterday. That he did. And he talked about how he's feeling. Uh, we've got uh, Joe Burrow audio. I actually find him to be awful at the podium. He's like one of these. He's just really good when they, you know, videotape him coming into the arena, walking in slow motion, smoking a cigar. Not as much like the podium. There was a funny anecdote on one of the broadcasts. I think his family members were like, you know, when he's at home, he's just like rocking sweatpants and he's a super low-key guy. Oh, yeah. And then you see him show up to the game and he's in like a top hat and a suit with some sunglasses. Like, it's that's part of the persona. He puts on a show as he's walking into the arena. He does. Uh, let's kick off hour number two with our good friends because the Blazers won last night. So you know what that means. We, we've got to play the Kevin Do. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, because I'm counting on a new beginning. A reason for If I could lay in the sea with Damian Lillard, I'd absolutely do it. <laughs> it's the first happy one we played in a while. The Spurs one didn't feel right. It's like, I get it. They won a game. They also gave up near eight, nearly 80 points yeah. to one of the worst teams in the league in the first half. I didn't. It felt a little dirty playing it out for that win. This one last night, I know the Jazz have been hitting the skids the last couple of weeks. It, this, this was a happy song, happy sing this morning. Yeah, you know, a win is a win is a win, right? I mean, uh... well, they finally didn't waste a masterpiece. <laughs> How many Dame games have they had this year where he's like, hey, 58 points. One of the all-time greatest games in Blazer history, and the Blazers lose. Well, 
they had a 50-point game and not that long ago, and they lost. Yeah, yeah, there's like three or four of them this year. But this wasn't an easy win. No, it wasn't they, they an easy win. They were losing by double digits early to this game. They right? were. It was a bad first quarter. They had a really bad first quarter. Yeah, they did. They and had an awful first quarter. After that, they were. I mean, they they scored damn near fifty points in the second quarter. Yep. I think what 47. 20, 26 of them were like from Dame or what? I can't remember, but he had in the quarter. It was insane. He basically scored every point for them in the third quarter. It felt like I think he had twenty four points in the third quarter of their thirty six points. Uh, he he went off. So after a slow start, I'm with you. The first quarter was like, are you kidding me? This is horrible. Why are we so slow out of the gates again? And then you had the best player on your team take over, and it was a sight to behold. So a note that I didn't get to in my basket blue balls, I don't really do as much Blazer stuff in that segment. If you missed that, we made our debut, Sprague's Basket Blue Balls, Dos Minutos. we got two minutes to talk about the league. One note at the very end of that was Portland-related, and I this is kind of my final time saying it, okay? So you, you know my opinion. He scored 60 points. On 21 of 29 shooting from the field. (laughs) He had an 89.3% true shooting percentage last night. Every single player not named Damian Lillard should be available. This dude is at the peak of his powers. He's at his elite level. It will not get better than this. And Father Time eventually will ruin all our nice things. But until that point... There isn't a player on this roster for me that is quote-unquote untouchable whose name uh, is not Damian Lillard. Everybody should be available. You want to talk about efficiency. Swag, you got to change your update. It's not being called. It is quite literally the most efficient 60-point game in NBA history on 29 shots or more ever. The highest effective field goal percentage, 87.9. You mentioned the true shooting percentage. He's also the first player in NBA history with three 60.5 rebound, five assist game. Nobody else in NBA history has done that. So I went through and I looked at some numbers for historical purposes to give you an idea of the greatness that is Dame Lillard. One of the games that I will always remember for both good and bad reasons is Dame's playoff game against Denver. Dirt and I were in Ben watching this game. Uh, we were excited to see, hey, could they hang around in this, you know, in this series with Denver, who was shorthanded at that point? And that was the moment I think that everything came crashing to Holt and said, "This roster sucks. Neil needs to blow it up." Neil didn't blow it up, and then Neil lost his job. One of the greatest games in NBA history, and they lost in the first round. Uh, yes, that is correct. He had 55 points on 24 shots. Yeah, his teammate dribbled out of bounds uh, in the fourth quarter and ended up being a costly turnover, and it uh, cost him the game. So this is via StatMuse. Dame Lillard in 50 and 60 point games. So all of those games that he scored 60, he's got four 60 point games. He is tied with Michael Jordan. He is two away from RIP Kobe Bryant whose uh death anniversary is today coincidentally. Yeah, 3 years ago. He's two away from tying Kobe. He'll never catch Wilt. No. But he's tied with MJ. So via StatMuse, all of his 50 and 60 point games, okay? All of them combined. These are his shooting splits. <laughs> are you ready? from the field, 53% from three-point land, 94% from the line. A great season for a guard or a player is the 50-40-90 club, as they call it. He would be in the 50-50-90 club (laughs) on nights that he scores 50 and 60 points. In case you're curious, I did more research via StatMuse. That is better than Kobe Bryant. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and LeBron James. That's pretty good company to be in. Um, That's good company to be better than. 
he is he doesn't have the numbers and he'll never have the scoring outputs in games the way Wilt did. He is the most efficient high-level scorer, arguably, ever to touch a basketball in the NBA. And we're sitting here wondering if we should keep a player who's not going to make an all-star game. <laughs> should we, should, I don't know. I don't know if he's expendable or not. The only guys who have more 50-point games in their NBA career than Damian Lillard are Elgin Baylor, James Harden, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and Will Chamberlain. Those are the only guys in NBA history who have scored more than 50, uh, had more 50-point games than Damian Lillard after he added this one to the bunch last night. To your point about the way that he's playing lately, I mean, we've kind of highlighted this throughout the month of January, and it's why it's been so frustrating to watch them hit the skids because he's playing at such a high level. He had a 50-point game against Cleveland that they lost. He had a 44-point game against Denver uh, that they lost. You know, there's a handful of those throughout the last couple of weeks, a 34-point game against Toronto that they lost. He, in the month of January now, we're almost out of the month, he is averaging nearly 35 points per game, shooting 49% from the floor and 38% from three, while also adding eight assists a game. Like, that's insanity. The dude damn near had a 60-point triple-double last night. We can talk about the true shooting percentage and, and, and how efficient it was. It was insane. Go look at the rest of his box score, too. I mean, he, he, he dominated that game. He was in complete control. He had eight assists. He had seven rebounds. He had three steals. It just it was insanity. I, I, you run out of things to say when you watch somebody be that efficient and that dominant. Essentially, from the end of the first quarter on, he, it felt like he took over, and he was not going to allow them to lose that game. And this is the argument that I've been making – for weeks now, like I, Damian Lillard is still at the peak of his powers. I, how many more years? Nobody knows. Father Time is undefeated. We know eventually he will be defeated, and at some point he won't be the same player. But as of right now, he's having one of the best seasons of his career. He seems to be healthy. Dealt with an injury earlier in the season, but his oblique is is back to where it was. He's moving and getting to the spots where he wants to on the floor. And your your goal should be whether it be in the next two weeks, whether it be in the off season, your goal should be let's give this guy a shot, whatever it's going to take. And that's what I'm hoping Portland goes out and does because he deserves it he's been loyal to this organization his entire career and he deserves one shot one all-in move two all-in moves however many it's going to take doesn't guarantee you're going to win the whole damn thing but he is playing at that level that it feels like there are nights and weeks and stretches that he just is going to put the team on his back and say we're not going to lose this game tonight and last night was one of those nights I just I want to highlight it one more time because it needs to get through everybody's brain who doesn't think it already which is hard to find I guess in this city uh he was told in the post game he had the most efficient 60 point game and he went wow <laughs> he didn't even know that's pretty cool he just felt like he couldn't miss to be able to score 50 and 60 points in a basketball game and shoot 28 shots on an average it's insanely efficient and Corey Jezza that did a great job last night on the broadcast all night and he did it especially at the end not only talking about the efficiency but just talking about how when you're that efficient, how many more possessions you create for your team while still impacting the game on such a high level. Just for a comparison's sake, he's averaging 28 shots per time that he gets 50 and 60 points. Kobe was 35 and MJ is 33. It's a huge difference. Like, those huge gaps, right? Oh, 33, that's only five more. Eh, it's a big difference, though, when you talk from an efficiency standpoint. And so we're not only looking at one of the greatest scorers of all time, we're talking about maybe the most efficient high-level scorer in NBA league history. And I just, I'll follow this up. I got another Blazer thing I want to get to. We'll get to Matt Mayoko. We'll dive into the NFL coming up starting at 7.30. Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports Bay Area. But I got another Blazer thing I want to follow up after Dame's 60-point game last night. Uh, I'll tell you what that is next. Dirt and Sprague on. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports Bay Area, will join us uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Get his thoughts on the Niner-Philly matchup. We were talking about Dame Lillard's 60-point game last night. They tried like hell at the end to get him to break not only his career high of 61. Just needed one more bucket. But to set the all-time franchise record again. He has, what, uh, the top like seven, I think, now in franchise history. Remember when it was Andre Miller with 52 points? In Dallas, I'll never forget that game. (laughs) Never forget that game. Fun fact, I had an Andre Miller clip in my Spraguing, uh, Sprague's Basket Blue Balls open. It was him in the postgame with Barrett. I just remembered what he sounded like. Underrated well, point well, guard. Well, you man. know, we, we just wanted to win the game. 
<laughs> I forgot that he kind of had a high-pitched, soft voice. Blazers legend, Andre Miller. Uh, but, yeah, it just seems that long ago. Like, we're talking about 52 points for Andre. Like, that's the record. I think before Dame got around, what was it? It was Andre Miller's 50. Dame had, or uh, Damon Sotomayor had a 50-point game. Uh, and Brandon Roy, I think, had a 50-point game. Was that the, was that the category? I think you're right. I was surprised. I thought Clyde had Clyde one. Had, Clyde right? had one. I was surprised Clyde didn't have more than 52 in a game at some point just because he was so damn good. He wasn't the greatest free throw shooter. Mm. That well, held him back. He was streaky. What did Bill say about that? Got to make your free throws. Exactly. You got to make your free throws. I'll pull it up. I'll let you know if anybody else well, had a 50 point game. Let me let me ask you guys a simple question here. Swag gets up to take another piss. Nobody pisses more <laughs> in a three hour span than Jason Swigart. You need some super beta prostate. Every, oh, I'm getting more coffee. <laughs> every other segment, you're getting more coffee. All How right, here's much your, coffee do you need? I here, mean, here's your category yeah. uh, 2005, Damon Stoudemire against New Orleans. Uh, Andre Miller, 2010 at Dallas. Yeah. Brandon Roy, the Phoenix game. We'll never yeah. forget the Phoenix game. Uh, Jeff Peach. Petrie has two. Okay. Both of them against the Rockets in the same season in 1973. A couple of 51-point games. C.J. McCollum did it once. And then Terry Stotts. Two against Chicago. And uh, Clyde Drexler did have one 50-point game against the Sacramento Kings on January 6th of 1989. Um, Are they – is is, is Cronin going to – if you're Joe Cronin and you watched that last night, and you watch the fifty-point game a few weeks ago that they lost. You're Joe Cronin. You're seeing a you're seeing your franchise player be as healthy as he has been in a long time, mm-hmm. and also play at an incredibly high level. He had two down games, but his last like twelve games are unbelievable. Are, aren't you just like I, I kind of just wonder this, and it it it'd be a question that Joe probably wouldn't answer publicly. It'd be more of a private conversation, off the record stuff. But, like, don't you watch that and go, I, I got to swing for the fence. I got to do what I can. Like, you just don't have this kind of talent come through your city often. Por- pl- places like Portland don't always get that. It's why I say Portland doesn't get nice things. Mm-hmm. We don't always get this. I just, I'm last night, I'm watching this, you're seeing the efficiency, and I'm like, Yo, I'm I'm kind of just done. I, I I like all these players. They're fun. Like Nas has been a fun story since he got back. Probably going to be in the starting lineup now. He should be GP two. Like Nurk has these up and down moments. Jeremy's been a fun story, and you know has his nights too. Like there's there's just one of him, and I'm I'm kind of done playing this. Like well, they got to keep him. You can't just give him away. I'm tired of living in the fear. Okay, I'm opening up. I'm telling you right now, everybody is available. Everybody, call me now. You want a great deal? Call 1-800-JODY-ALLEN. That's 1-800-JODY-ALLEN. Everybody would be available if I was the general manager seeing this, and I just wonder if that's going through Cronin's like thinking. We can all hope and pray, man. We can all hope and pray because the last general manager made th- that mistake where he said, I got my guys. I'm going to stay committed to my guys. I drafted them. I identified them. We developed them, and I don't want to give up on them. And we all knew the writing on the wall was this team can't win an NBA championship. You're going to maybe have a run here or there where you get out of the first round of the playoffs. It happened a couple of times, but we knew – there was a limitation, that entire era of Blazer basketball and what you could accomplish. And the ultimate goal is to win a championship. Are you going to have it happen in Portland? Probably not. We all know what the reality is. But you're never going to officially know the answer to that question unless you give yourself a shot. And I thought last night was a perfect example of this, where you have Dame with one of the greatest games in NBA history. When you look at the shooting percentage and all the things that he did, 
at the same time, what was Anthony Simons doing? I know he ended up having a couple of buckets late in that game, but I believe he started one and nine of one or ten. Like you're going to have your off shooting nights, but I think this highlights the problem and the existential crisis that the Blazers are facing this year, and that is you're you're in two different windows. You're in two different modes. Are you in? Hey, we got some good young pieces, Anthony Simons and Nazir Little and Shaden Sharp. Let's kind of build for the future, or are you in the mode of? We have one of the best players in the NBA, and we need to do everything that we can to win around him right now. Not three years from now, not two years from now, not in four years from now. Right now, what can you do to win at the highest level? And that's where I've had an issue with this roster building all season. It just you're doing two things at once, and you can't do two things at once. You're either developing for the future, or you're trying to win now. And I hope the answer, because Dame deserves it and the fan base deserves it, is to win now. You can always restart at a later date if you don't trade Shaden Sharp at the deadline. There's a great young piece that you can build around, like. The future is always there. It will always be bright, and you can find another guy. But it, right now, it doesn't feel like there is a – and we know there's not a win-now roster around him. I think that's the frustrating part. Anthony Simons is a good player. But when you look at the number twos around NBA circles, he's not to that caliber, and neither is Jeremy Grant. They're both good players. Neither of them are going to be all-stars this year. And now we're doing the same thing with the C.J. McCollum stuff. Hey, all-star caliber player, though. Huh? All-star caliber player. Yeah. He's it, it, not an all-star. It, you can't be all-star caliber without being an all-star. you got to make an all-star game at some point. And I just I don't see it right now with the rest of the roster. So I'm, to your point, I hope that that's Joe Cronin's reaction last night is saying, damn, this dude's legit. He's playing at maybe one of the best levels we've seen in a long time. And I need to do everything I can to get help around him. I mean, to be 21 of 29, I mean, I just I, – I'm – I was, I'm not even a GM. I'm not at the game. I'm laying in my bed watching the end of this, and I just I couldn't sleep for like 45 minutes after the game. I'm just like, that. it's insanity to get 60 points on 29 shots, and he's 21 of 29 from the field. Like that. 9 of 15 from 3. It's wild. And, and look, I, the roster is not complete. To their credit as an organization, they've said as much publicly. I'm, I don't. This is hard to say. I'm not, um, I'll acknowledge it's not a complete roster while also saying I'm not really seeing a whole hell of a lot with the Dame Ant thing. Like, they're having to stagger their minutes for efficiency standpoints. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm not seeing any difference. I'm not seeing it be better. I, I'm not saying Ant isn't talented or not going to be more talented. I just, I'm not seeing enough to go, well... I got to keep him. He's, he's, I just gave him a contract. I'm not seeing that. You know what I mean? Zach Lowe was on with Bobby Marks, and I, I may have said this yesterday, but I just want to bring it back. Like, he's openly saying, yeah, I don't really know what they're doing with that. It's kind of the same. You're just doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. Two undersized guards that aren't elite on the defensive end, I, and it's hard to win a championship with one, let alone two. What, did you see GP2 last night? And grabbing him and pulling him to places defensively? Like he had to grab Anthony Simons to put him in the right place defensively. Yep. Again, Ann is a good player, but I'm just not seeing enough that says, well, don't take any calls on him. No, I'm taking calls for a lot. And maybe he ends up being a premier all-star caliber player in two, three years. I don't care. I don't want to live in that world. Well, this this is the thing with Portland. You don't have the benefit to wait two to three years to find that out. We're such a fear-mongered fan base the way we do that because we had Jermaine O'Neal one time happen. And instead, did it with Zach Collins early in his career. I don't know if I is a franchise cornerstone. I don't know if we could trade him. Let me ask you: Would you do this trade? This was sent to me from uh, a friend. Okay, and they did the trade machine, and it's somebody I I talk a lot of basketball with. Trade machine is just glorious this time of year. It is glorious. I'd imagine there'd be a couple more draft picks that needed to be included in this trade. So bear that in mind. But okay. it successfully works. The Thunder get OG on Anobi, which would actually be a really good move for them. That'd be a great move for them. 
the Raptors would get Josh Hart, Ant, Lou Dort, and a few first-round picks. Okay. And the Blazers would get Pascal Siakam and Kenrick Williams, who is a 6'6 power forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Would you do that deal? I'm in. So essentially you're giving up Ant and Josh Hart and a couple of first-round picks probably included in that. You'd have to take the Some, protections off the one pick with Chicago, with Chicago I believe. Year, yeah. Which, I don't know. I just, I'm in a window like Rodgers right now in the NFL. Would you give up two firsts for him? Yeah, I would. I, I just, We need to stop acting like every single first-round draft pick has value. <laughs> if you can be competitive and great, that pick's not going to be a good pick anyway. You know, not every situation is going to be Russell Wilson in Denver where you trade the pick thinking we're going to be in the playoffs, you get a back-end first-round pick. Yeah, and the reality, too, is that if you make one of those all-in moves, man, and it doesn't work and you try this thing out for two to three years, guess what you can do? You can recoup all that draft capital and start over again. Like, there are always more draft yeah. picks in the seat. You can always find a way to rebuild your roster. Yeah. And when you have an asset like Anthony Simons, who's young, he's on an incredibly affordable contract, team control for the next, what, three years after this because he's on a four-year, what, $100 million deal. Like, that's a really attractive piece on the open market. And it's not that he's not a great player. It's a question of can he win alongside Damian Lillard. And that's the point we've always tried to bring up, is that if you're going to have a guard like Dame who's not elite defensively, it's best to put somebody like, oh, I don't know, Gary Payton II, who's an elite defender, alongside him in the starting lineup, and then you have more length at a three position. If you can trade Ant for a Pascal Siakam, the roster just fits better. You're better defensively. Siakam can score. You're going to make up for the offense on that end of the floor. It just balances things out, and that's the goal that I hope they have in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you want long-rangey, athletic guys who are scrappy on defense. Yep. And I'm not saying he's going to win you a championship, but guys like Nas, for example, is somebody that I think I'd actually want Want. I'd want to keep him. He's on a cheaper deal. It would make a lot of sense. You know, you're shopping guys that are debatable, but I, I don't know. Last night, I'm just continuing to watch this and I'm going, great. Like, how much longer are we going to keep doing this? Is this going to be for the next two years? Because I'm not expecting a huge deal to be happening at the deadline. It's more like, are they going to be willing to really roll the dice in the summer yep. and say, you know what? To hell with it. Let's do it. And there could be a new owner on this team in two years anyway. You don't know what they're going to do. They could hit the restart fully on the entire operation. So I'd, I'd just be willing to deal in. I'd be seeing this Dame stuff and go, man, what can I do? Let's go all in. Who do we you got. want? Yeah, I want this guy. What What is it going to take to get that guy? That's what I'm kind of aiming for them to do. Uh, let's pivot back into football now. The Niners going on the road. Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports Bay Area, covers the Niners, and he joins us next to give us his thoughts on the Niner Eagle game. That's next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Thursday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Let's go to the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia this weekend. Joining us now is our good friend Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. At Mayoko NBCS on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Niners and Eagles Sunday uh, at noon. Matt, good morning to you, man. Thanks, th- thanks for the time and hopping on to talk about this game. We're, we're thrilled. We're excited about it. Uh, how do you think the fan base and the team is feeling? That that game last week, real close, came down to the wire. Brock Purdy, not you know, great. A couple of questionable throws here or there, but the defense wins it. How do you think the 49ers are feeling coming off of that win over Dallas on Sunday? Well, I know after the game they were exhausted. You know, they were <laughs> drained, and it was a physical game. And you know, I think that I guess there's two ways to look at this. You know, the Eagles just breezed right through without any pushback at all from the Giants. Uh, the 49ers were tested, and I think that that's the kind of game that they anticipate this being too, you know, just a physical grinder of a game. And so does that make them better prepared to, to go into Philadelphia, or does that make them maybe a little bit uh, you know, tired and, and feeling fatigue in the second half of this game? I, I don't think the second, you know, I don't think the latter will be the case. Uh, I, I think that, you know, playoff football, everybody is in the right mindset. Everybody kind of knows what to anticipate. Uh, the adrenaline is going to be at an all-time high. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be a, a really good game between two evenly matched teams. I think the 49ers, who have been, you know, by and large during their 12-game winning streak, they've been pretty clearly the better team every game that they've stepped on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case this week. I, I think they're up against a, an equal. You know, I think they're up against a team that has – star power at every level of their offense and their defense. They have two, you know, two great lines, the offensive line, the defensive line are among the best, if not the best in football. So uh, 49ers are going to have to play better than they did against the Dallas Cowboys. They played really well on defense, but the offense is, you know, probably going to have to score more than 19 points to come out of Philadelphia. Yeah, Matt, I was reading some of the pieces on NBC Sports Bay Area yesterday and and throughout the week, and and one piece that stood out a little bit was there was a there was a piece about Brock Purdy and his road game in Seattle was kind of Shanahan said, hey, this use this as your practice for what we could potentially see come postseason time, and he talked about how loud it was, but he still played a pretty good game. I was at that game, so I saw him operate. I know he's kind of the wild card here for them, but as much as the home field advantage might play a factor for Philly, do you think could you could could you make an argument that the experience of being at this stage at this point of the year for three of the last four years for San Francisco is is in their advantage versus for a lot of these Philly guys this is their first experience uh, being in this game? 
Yeah, I mean, you could make that, you could say that, you could present that case, but at the same time, as you mentioned, I mean, this is Brock Purdy's first time on the stage, and it's only his, what's this going to be, his eighth start in the NFL. And, you know, the thing about him, though, is I I haven't seen him change at all. You know, he doesn't ever appear flustered. You know, maybe early in that Seattle game, you know, the first pass of the the game in the playoffs, I'm talking about, you know, his first throw just completely got away from him. And Mm -hmm. some people were like, oh, that's nerves. And I think I thought that at the time. And then afterward, you know, it kind of sounded like the ball just like literally slipped out of his hand because it was raining. So uh, he he settled down in that game, even though the game last week against Dallas, you know, wasn't an offensive masterpiece by any stretch. He still played pretty well. You know, he converted a lot of third downs. He didn't make any mistakes. And that's been the key to him is that he, you know, in, in what he started now, uh, well, eight eight games. You know, basically he's he's played the entire game. Stepped in in that first game in the first quarter. We're talking about eight games, three interceptions, zero fumbles. So, a lot of times this at this time of the year, it isn't the quarterback who wins the game for you. A lot of times it's it's the quarterback who doesn't lose the game. And you know, such was the case last week. Yeah. I mean, Dak Prescott makes a couple of big turnovers, something that Brock Purdy did not do. I just, I know this guy's played in front of big crowds in college, and that's different than playing in the NFL in the in the NFC Championship game, no less. But Purdy is a different kind of cat. You know, he just doesn't seem to get rattled. He's very even keeled. He's poised. He has composure. He's self assured. So. I mean, I'm I'm like you. I mean, I don't know what to expect necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't expect him to lose the game. I don't expect him to play poorly. But is he going to play well enough uh, to push the 49ers over the hump? And and it's kind of been exciting to watch because every game, you, you know, because he doesn't have that that huge sample size. Every game, you're kind of going into it, going, okay, let's let's see what this kid's made of. Let's <laughs> see if he can do it again. And so far, he's been doing it again and again. You keep waiting for the clock to hit midnight. It has not hit. It has not struck midnight yet. We're still waiting on that. Matt Mayoko is our guest, NBC Sports Bay Area on Twitter at Mayoko NBCS. I mean, on that point, Matt, it's we, we've debated this a ton. I think this you probably get asked this question on every interview you do. But you, you've been covering this team for 28 years. You've been around the 49ers a long time. What do you think they're feeling internally about the future at that position? Because it's so weird. You you traded so many future assets to go get Trey Lance, and he was supposed to be the guy, and it's kind of unfair to him. He just he wasn't able to stay healthy this year with his first opportunity to win the starting job, and here comes this dude out of nowhere that's now <laughs> playing great and leading you as a seventh-round pick. Like, Are they having discussions? Are they waiting to the end, the season ends? Just where do you think they're at on the future of the position? And does this weekend and potentially a Super Bowl, you think, sway them one direction or the other? Well, I mean, think of it this way. Let, let's just say that it was Jimmy Garoppolo who pe- played, you know, the first eight games or nine games of the season, and he played whatever the first, you know, he, he, he was the guy who stepped in after Trey Lance was injured initially, and he played pretty well. Let's just say that, that Jimmy Garoppolo had started the season and played through the midpoint, got injured, and then it was Trey Lance who stepped in yeah. and is doing the things that Brock Purdy is doing now. If that were the case, the 49ers and the fan base would be celebrating that, wow, 
how did Trey Lance not go number one overall in this draft? <laughs> how did we luck out and get Trey Lance? What a trade. In other words, Brock Purdy is giving the 49ers the kind of play, the kind of production, the kind of swag, I guess you'd want out of a number three overall pick. So at this point, it doesn't matter that Trey Lance was the number three overall pick. It doesn't matter that Brock Purdy was number 262 out of 262. At this point, you got to go with the better quarterback, the guy who's going to give you the best chance of winning football games with the roster that the team has constructed. And to me, there's no question it's Brock Purdy. And I don't know that there's any question inside the building. I mean, we know by watching Brock Purdy for eight games, including uh, was that you, Brandon, talking about that game up in Seattle yeah. where he had an oblique strain, he had a rib injury, he was not healthy. He did not throw a pass in practice the entire week. Now, I realize it was a Thursday game, but he didn't even pick up a football and try to throw it until they were in that ballroom in Bellevue getting ready to come to the stadium. And so he then stepped out there and played a you know, all things considered, a, a good game. And the 49ers won that game. They clinched the NFC West. So I guess my point is that Brock Purdy is giving them everything that Jimmy Garoppolo gave them as a pocket passer. Plus, he's added the element of the second reaction plays, the mobility, the agility that they were hoping for from Trey Lance. Now, you know, he's not a quarterback-driven run guy. He's not going to run quarterback power like Josh Allen. Uh, which is, I think, some of what got the 49ers in trouble with Trey Lance's injury and all that. But And he doesn't have the arm that's going to test the defense vertically and horizontally like Trey Lance. But I simply don't see any way at this point with what he's done on the field in games, and especially when Trey Lance is still a complete unknown, I don't see any way the 49ers – remove Brock Purdy from the lineup anytime soon. Matt, it, it's and, that, a, and that includes the, the, the twenty the start of the 2023 season, too. Right, right. Yeah, Matt, it, it's it's a bit of a loaded question. We'll see if the rookie can do it. Uh, we've never seen one do it. So, like, just doing it would be history in itself. And going into next year, you just painted us the picture. It's a bit of a loaded question for you. But I, I we were talking about him earlier. Kyle, to me, is one of, if not the best coach in football. I think what he's done the last couple of years – even though they've been good and they've gotten some recognition, I still feel like he kind of flies under the radar in this conversation for many. Um, as good as he is, as you know, as <clears throat> dangerous or potent his offensive creations have been, and they've they've gotten the right pieces for for his offense. I, I find it odd the quarterback position for him. It's just it's odd. We talked about this. Oregon State's coach has this. Jonathan Smith. He's an offensive guy. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan had this. Like sometimes you get offensive guys. They just, for whatever reason, that one position seems to be the one position that kind of um, escapes them. They they struggle to find it or identify who it is. You just painted us the picture where Brock Purdy starting over Trey Lance next year, and Trey Lance is going into year three, and we have no idea if he's even good. I just, do you think Kyle struggles trying to identify what player or what kind of player he wants to play that position? He seems like he's so smart that is there a way where maybe he overthinks it or it's just one of those, I don't know, struggle buses for him in, in the sport where it's hard to identify it? Well, I think it's hard to get one. You know, I, I think it's hard enough to identify, but it's hard enough to get one. 
Um, I don't know that that's, I mean, it's, it's a fair point. Um, when you look at the quarterbacks that he's had, I think the guy in, in Washington that he identified was Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he was a later, was he a third round pick? I think he was. And it was basically ownership that, that got him uh, Robert Griffin. And so that was something there. I know he did not want Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. Um, he wanted Kirk Cousins again for the 49ers. And then Jimmy Garoppolo kind of fell in his lap. And they decided to make that trade uh, during that season, the uh, 2017 season, I guess it was. Um you know, it's it's a fair point, but I just think it's really difficult to find. It's difficult to find quarterbacks, and you, I mean, for as much as you see a quarterback in college, and you think you know everything about them because, you know, you would think it would be the most easy, easily identifiable position to grade, when in fact it's the most difficult because there's so much that goes into it. Like I'll, I'll give you the, for instance, of Brock Purdy. And this is, you know, it was almost, I guess I could say, uh, you know, it was a swing in the miss for the 49ers too, because if they thought he was this good, they wouldn't have waited until 262 <laughs> to, to take it. Right, so, every, right. so I would say all 32 teams struck out on Brock Purdy, including the 49ers, the team that got him. But I mean, I, I remember immediately after that draft, and I, you know, in a uh, in a hallway there, four nine four nine Centennial in San in Santa Clara, I asked somebody, "Well, what's what's this Brock Purdy?" And this is a very high ranking person who told me, uh, he, "He's nothing more than Nick Mullins." Well, <laughs> you, you remember Nick Mullins? I mean, yeah. Nick Mullins is fine. Yeah. You know, Nick Mullins is like he's nothing wrong with Nick Mullins at all. Yeah. You know, because if you're taking a quarterback at the end of the seventh round and you have a a backup, a career backup, that's nothing wrong with that. But what was amazing was that it did not take them long once they got him in the building to to come to the conclusion of, oh, no, he, he's better than Nick Mullins. He has a stronger arm. He, he has great pocket presence. Not that, you know, and, and he, he knows the game. He's smart. He's confident. He has his presence about him. Um, he, he has this mobility uh, that en- uh, enables him to make those second reaction plays. So, it, it, like I said, it, it didn't take them long, but it it and it wasn't until they got him in the building and learned more about him that they realized that hey, this guy's pretty good, and he was so good. And again, this is kind of you know wherever you want to set this bar, but another you know kind of career backup, Nate, Nate Sudfeld. They paid him some guaranteed money to come back as the backup to Trey Lance. He beat out Nate Sudfeld, a guy who had four or five years' experience in the NFL. And then when Jimmy Garoppolo uh, remained with the team, took a pay cut, the 49ers were like, oh, we, you know, they've always kept two quarterbacks on their active roster. For this one, they said, you know what, we cannot take the chance of cutting uh, Brock Purdy and bringing him back to the practice squad. we got to keep him on the roster. So it took them a while not that long, but it took them a while with limited reps to identify that this guy's a player. And they were prepared until, you know, Garoppolo came back. They were prepared for Brock Purdy to be the backup to Trey Lance. And so to me, that's how that, that's how the, the quarterback depth chart is going to set up next season for the 49ers. Uh, however, at this point, it's hard to believe that Brock Purdy is 
going to be a backup unless he, you know, plays himself into the backup role because he has looked like a starter, not necessarily a franchise-type quarterback, but, hey, maybe a franchise-type quarterback. I mean, you can't argue with the results up to this point. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, even for a seventh-round rookie, it's hard to say look like a franchise quarterback right away. I think that's the exciting thing is you wonder how much better could he get. Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports Bay Area, the 49ers Talk Podcast, at Mayoko NBCS on Twitter. We'll give him a follow. We love chatting with you. Have a great time covering this game. I'm sure that Philly crowd is going to be uh, quite entertaining. The storylines are awesome. We always appreciate the time, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Thanks, Matt. All right, Andy, Brandon, always my pleasure. Thanks, guys. There you go, Matt Mayoko. Really good stuff from him. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about this game on the other side, the NFC Championship game. Some on the quarterback note, also one player uh, having to come out, explain his actions late in the game, anything there. We'll talk about that in the NFC title game next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Well, another NFL team is trying to set the bait up for a franchise quarterback. We'll tell you what that is in the final hour. Mahomes says he's good to go. we got some audio for you. We'll talk a little bit about the AFC title game. I thought you were going to start the segment off a different way. Oh, where do you think I was going to go? I told you. I told you. <laughs> no, You're right. You're right. I mean, Matt Mayoko covers the team. I have no reason to doubt him. He's around it every day. He talks to everybody. I, look, in hindsight, I think, you know, it wasn't that I wasn't saying you weren't making a good point, but just the idea in my brain that the amount in which they spent to go get Trey Lance but if Purdy does it, I mean, Matt said it there. He'd imagine Purdy's going to be the starting quarterback next year if he wins the Super Bowl. If he wins the Super Bowl, yeah, that was my whole thing. If they, if he play, if he throws two, three picks this weekend and he looks shaky, and maybe you want to have like, all right, well, did it run out of gas? Did the clock strike midnight? If he wins the whole damn thing, I just I don't see how you you, you sit him on the bench. The other thing that the 49ers do have going for him to a certain extent, it's a good problem to have. Like you have multiple answers here, and yes, you traded a lot to go get Trey Lance. But if if Brock Purdy does end up long term being your guy. In the next year or so, you're going to identify that. And guess what you can do? You can trade Trey Lance because he's going to want out. And you can recoup not all of the draft capital, but some. I guarantee you somebody's going to give you a first-round pick for Trey Lance. These guys only played four games in his career. It's not like it was ugly when he played. So I, you can get some of that back if that ends up being your your answer to it. But I don't see him making a move anytime soon. They probably want to wait and see how this plays out. The 49ers, one note around them this weekend and, of course, they're going to do this because, you know, hey, NFC Championship game weekend, baby. They are taking on the Eagles, obviously. Uh, one of their uh, uh, defensive linemen was arrested on the suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence on Monday night. Charles Omenihu. I said, yeah, we're going to let the legal system play out. He's playing this weekend. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's the right move, but that's usually what teams will do. Standard, you know, play of... Uh, Hey, he's one of us until we find out how truly awful it is. And he's no longer one of us. Or until they lose this weekend and it's like, hey, he's off the roster. We don't have another game to play. Shanahan said, we feel very good letting the legal process take care of itself. We don't feel like we should kick him off the team at this time. Yeah. So there's a note for it. He is going to play it. For those that saw that, that note on Monday, he was arrested after a woman called in a report. Um, who was his girlfriend that he pushed her to he the ground down, during an yeah. argument. The visible injuries were observed. Uh, excuse me, no visible injuries were observed, uh, but there 
was a complaint about pain after getting pushed down. I so mean, he's a no. defensive lineman. There was there were injuries sustained on that push, I promise you. I'd have some pain there, too. Uh, one other note, too, out of this. We didn't really talk about this last weekend at the end of the Giants game because I, uh, we noted earlier in the week, I had to go to a birthday dinner on Saturday, so I missed this game live. I ended up watching it on the DVR. And by the time it got to 30, whatever, 31 to 7, I'm like, all right, I'm at, you know. Game's over. I'm not. I didn't watch all the way till the end on the DVR. You didn't miss anything. They pulled Hertz and they just right. You waited till the game was. Well, done. one thing that did happen at the end of the game was that there was a visibly upset AJ Brown at the end of that game. He was over on the sideline. Nick Sirianni had to grab him. It was, the game was 31 to seven. There was five minutes left in it, and you could see TV cameras showed basically him grabbing him, pulling him to the side. AJ Brown seemed very upset, very frustrated. I talked about this yesterday, and AJ Brown said basically, "I want the football." Now, he said, I'm okay blocking, and I'm okay doing what it takes to, to win. I'm, I'm not a me guy. I'm a team guy. I just think that I can make a difference when I get the ball. That's why I asked for the football. But I did not see – I don't know if you guys noticed that if you watched all the way to the end, but I did not know that that had happened. And I see this headline yesterday. I'm like, A.J. Brown says, I want the football. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of a weird headline going to the NFC title game. Uh, but they're trying to say in, in Eagles camp, it's much ado about nothing. He's just – he's a competitor. He wants the football, and he thinks when he gets the ball, he's going to help him win. I, I tend to believe that. I mean, you know, on television. Vision, it can look one way. Shanahan was caught putting his play card over his mouth, obviously screaming at Brock Purdy about throwing the ball away way too late. <laughs> what are you doing? Somebody, I think somebody asked Shanahan was like, hey, could you tell us what you said? And he goes, no. That's why I put the play card over my lips. <laughs> look, I, I, I tend to believe this is much to do about nothing. I, I just don't. What is the conclusion here? A.J. Brown's a selfish player who's going to cost the Eagles? No. Maybe they get him the rock early, get him going. Just something to, we'll keep an eye on because I wouldn't be shocked if you see a couple of quick screens. But like, let's just throw him a couple of slants, get him the football early in the game. Well, he should have a monster game. San Francisco is susceptible to giving up big pass plays. That's that's the hole in their defense. That's their weakness. Their cornerback play is not elite. Is uh, you know as happy as I was for your boy Lenore. You got a nice pick early against Dak. Yeah. He also gave up the big bomb to to C.D. Lamb and and gov- covering A.J. Brown is. Lamb is great. Brown is physically just a different player. Mm-hmm. You saw what happened with Ward against uh, DK in the wild card round. So I, I think this is really just in the moment heated competitive stuff and not so much more than that because he should have a good game this week. And unless the Philly offensive line does what happened in Buffalo, Cincinnati, where the better offensive line or the healthier one ends up being the worst one and the one that you don't think is going to win the advantage the Niners, Bosa, Armstead, etc., all end up getting uh, to Jalen Hurts. I'd imagine A.J. Brown should have a decent game this weekend. Well, and Nick Sirianni, kind of to that point, he said basically we, they, nobody, no wide receivers got a chance because we ran the ball like 47 times they didn't for 300 yeah. yards, and right. we were up 28 nothing in the first half. Like, we're not going to come out and sling the rock in the, in the second half. I do like the competitive nature that even in a blowout game, he's you know still advocating like, hey, I want to help. He had three catches for 22 yards, only six targets, and his quote was, they throw me the ball 100 times, I'm going to want it 101. Sure. <laughs> Which, hey, he's never happy. That's the mentality of a number one wide receiver yeah. but I just I didn't know if you guys had seen that live if anybody was still watching at that point in the game when it was 31 to 7 with five minutes to go I, you know situationally it depends I don't normally make a big deal of stuff like that I've been on a on a football sidelines you hear what guys say you see how psychotic they are when their pads are on they're just in a different galaxy at that point it, they're, they're destroying the Giants if they're not making the playoffs so the season's gone in the crapper, I make an absolute deal of it. If they're in the 
divisional round, clearly going to the NFC Championship game and hosting it after having that regular season, eh, is guy in the heated passion is what I would call that more so than anything. Yeah, you saw it on the winning side and the losing side this weekend. Stephon Diggs and A.J. Brown frustrated with how things were playing out. Brown just says, give me the football. Diggs, he he wanted to win. He was frustrated with the way they played. If you do go Brock Purdy because he gets you where you want, like you're trading Trey Lance this year, right? You're not. Are you waiting? I, it's a really complicated question, man. And, and he proved my point again because I had forgotten that Shanahan also was included on the Kirk Cousins pick. Oh, he's a big Kirk Cousins guy, right? So again, my point earlier: go look at the quarterbacks he's had success with and that he's won with. Yeah. And then look at the guy he drafted. There was speculation at the time that he wanted Mac Jones and management wanted Trey Lance. I, that was rumored speculation, but I yeah, I don't know how how far how far that goes because nobody I, acknowledges that after the fact. Like, yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't want to draft this guy. I wanted the other guy that ended up in New England. Well, him and John Lynch have a great working relationship. It's why it's part of the reason they've had the success is their front office and their coaching staffs are simpatico. And there you go. I, I am starting to kind of wonder if that theory is true. I heard that early when Lance got drafted, and I kind of rolled my eyes. But, man, as time goes on and you think about his success with his offense and then you think about the guy he took, it just it, – that doesn't line up. Yep. He doesn't have an example of falling in love with the six-five guy, unproven talents and ability because he might be able to run through the offensive line better. That's right. – Kind of not in his system. So I I don't know. Maybe he wanted Mac Jones. I don't know. Maybe that was true. But he has struggled to find it. Maybe he's got it with the seventh-round kid. Maybe it's Brock Mania. Time will tell. we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. i got uh, some dangled some dangled meat in front of a NFL player. Will it work this time? Because it didn't last time. Uh, some college football coaching notes that I found interesting over the last couple of days that I've had in my notes. A few more thoughts on Damian Lillard going for a record-breaking night once again for the Blazers and a, a nice big win. And Patrick Mahomes says he's good to go. It's a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fam. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 